Hello, Switched On crew. Dan here with today's signals on staying teachable and building a scalable culture. With me is Stephen Powell. Stephen has scaled restaurants and learned a lot of lessons on culture along the way. A great quote from Stephen in the episode, consistency leads to profitability. Come join us and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Switched On Podcasts. Today we have Stephen Powell with us. Let's dive in, Stephen, and have you start by giving us a bit more details on your background and insight on um, what this is going to be talked about. All right. Well, we're talking about uh, culture, like a work culture in uh, the restaurant setting especially, but actually it's it's something that would be valid for any business. Um, but because of my background in restaurants, I've been a restaurant manager for 20 years. It's uh, my focus will be restaurants. So I, I know them inside and out. Uh, I have found over the years that there's a lot of inexperience in management. Uh, and there's also not a lot of information for managers or training formally for managers to really get good at what managers should be good at, uh, leading people. Um, you know, people get caught in the idea of, are bogged down with operations. They want to run food costs. They want to run labor. They want to do controllables. They want to uh, just make sure all those financial things are taken care of. But it was, it's always been my belief that if you take care of the culture, all those other things will be taken care of by themselves. You don't have to work at them. They will happen. And uh, I get a lot of strange looks when I say things like that. <laughs> As people, they're like, That's, you've got to be involved. you got to do it. you got to make it happen. And I have actually found it to be not as true as they thought. Um, setting up that culture, uh, which is... Uh, being respectful, being teachable, being professional, positive, bringing positive energy to the shift, uh, working together as a team in a way that really makes sense, um, and then doing that on a consistent basis, you know, and as a leader, not not just uh, being the boss, but being the coach being the, the person who has the insight to say, you know, this is a better way to do it. Might want to try it this way. Um, or, hey, you're really heading off in the wrong direction here. We need you to come back this way. Uh, those are all very important parts of, of this culture that I'm talking about. And um, when a manager is able to do that, and I've only – uh, I only had one golden moment with this, um, but to, to uh, we could probably go into that if you wanted to. Um, but I've actually seen it for myself. I know it to be true and uh, looking for that opportunity again to uh, make it happen again. The, uh, I don't know. I'm lost for words here. <laughs> when you talk about a golden moment, what what do you? Let's dive a little deeper on that. What do you okay. mean on the a golden moment with it? 
So I, I became the general manager of a steak restaurant. And I had been there for three years. We had taken that restaurant when I, when we first got there, there were three managers that came in at the same time. Uh, we were going to turn the place around because it was a very tense, it was very negative. People were screaming at each other in the back of the house because there was so much frustration, so much disorganization that everything was just broken in the restaurant. And uh, I had the, the front at that time. There was a kitchen manager and the general manager were the other two people that came in. And slowly we started to turn that around. But even then, I could see that we weren't really moving where I thought we should move. I got the kitchen uh, management uh, later, uh, a year later. And for two years, I, I worked the kitchen and really got it running very well. Um, uh, profitability was in, food cost was good, uh, all those things. But I was already starting to put in place these, these principles of how to lead people and had to teach people like, uh, I had a really great cook. I had to teach him that it's okay for him to ask for help. It doesn't mean he's a bad cook because he asked for help. Everybody needs help because the business will overwhelm you. So he would get frustrated because he couldn't get it all done when we expected him to work by himself. I said, well, it's okay. If you ask for help, it just means that you you, you need a little help. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. <laughs> so having people understand that it's okay to ask for help was super important to the business. You can't look at it as, well, I'm the, I'm the star player. I play by myself and I got to do it all. It just the team doesn't work like that. It's easier to help somebody who's starting to fall behind than someone who's in the weeds. And when he finally accepted that, he was a much happier person. Uh, he, he enjoyed his job more. He was able to work with everybody. We supported each other. So that was, it was just the start of it. When I became the general manager and I was able to put these principles in practice across the whole, whole uh, store, just it, it started becoming better than I thought it could have been. People were really enjoying their jobs. They were getting along. I had to make a simple rule when I first started. And uh, I noticed that there were people would come in and they'd be saying, they wouldn't answer each other. They'd say, hi, hello, how are you doing today? And you get dead silence. And that would happen a lot. We had these groups of people that didn't associate with other groups of people, didn't want to talk to them. So I just made one simple rule was, if someone says hello to you, you have to say hello back. It's not a choice. It's a rule. You have to do it. And amazingly, that worked. Uh, people started communicating. Well, as that communication got better, and we worked on respectfulness and we worked on friendliness. Um, it just started to blossom. And it got to a point after three years of managing that my 
I had some customers pull me aside and say, what have you done? <laughs> this, this place is so different. He said, people love their jobs here. They're friendly. They're helpful. W- what did you do? And really, that's when the kind of that moment when I said, I, I never thought it could be this good. Uh, it really transformed. And I had gotten the, uh, the managers on board. I had actually uh, worked with one manager to help her to come up to speed with, you know, how to be respectful to the employees so that they could have respect for her. And uh, so that's the golden moment is that I've actually seen this thing blossom. And I did go into my general management and I did say to my, uh, my boss, I said, I'm not really worried. And I said this in front of all my other manager, the other general managers at a district meeting. I said, I'm not, I really isn't concentrating on those numbers yet because I need these other things to be in place so that the numbers will work themselves out. <clears throat> and of course I got those strange uh, looks from them saying, this guy's crazy. But after three years, those numbers were in place. We were we had gone from losing thousands of dollars every year to making a lot of money after that. And just things were rolling, and uh, we were getting compliments from the the uh, head office, and we we're starting to make ourselves known. And then, unfortunately, they sold the company, and they brought in their own manager, and I was out. So yeah. that. A golden moment here and gone, and um, so it's been it's been difficult to uh, kind of get that to repeat. But I think it's time that I uh, maybe just kind of went on the road and started teaching those who were willing to learn this, yeah, and uh, bring it into reality for them. That's neat. I mean, it's. Some of the notes I took as you were talking there, the basics of respectfulness and kindness and, you know, listening to what others um, are saying, uh, just those simple principles and how far that can take a group of people. And it's neat that you got to experience that and watch the turnaround and, and get it to the point that the people using the business, the people experiencing it, the customers were able to really feel it. And that's, you know, the ultimate payoff for all of that focus on a culture, as as you said, and at the grass, grassroots of it. So really exciting. When you look at the manager struggle, um, what do you say are the, the most common things that you saw or have seen um, managers struggle with? I call it the hard conversation because it can be a hard conversation. A lot of people grow up with the idea that they don't like conflict and they see the hard conversation, that disciplinary or the coaching um, conversation as bad. It's going to call it. They're going to, there's going to be yelling involved. uh, People are going to get their feelings hurt. It's just, it's just bad. And to help people really understand that 
not only is that conversation not bad, it's good if you come at it the right way. If, if you're coming at it as I'm the boss, you're going to do it this way, and that's it, that's, that's going to be conflict. Because if your people aren't on board with you, if they're not on your team, they're going to conflict. They're going to, they're going to actually disobey you. They're going to find ways to disobey you. And they're going to find ways to make you unsuccessful. But when you come at people with the idea that you want to help them to get better at what they're doing, you want to actually help them in their life, understand principles that, that transcend just this business. It, this, you can take this to your family and your friends and into your future businesses that you're in, your, your future jobs. What you're going to learn here is going to affect your whole life. And when, when you see there's a bigger picture out there and that these conversations are important to teach people these things, then it turns it all around. It's, it's not confrontation. Now it's a teaching moment. It's you getting to be a mentor to somebody. You're their coach. You're helping them out. And when people feel that on their side, that you are, you're on their side, they're more opening, open to listening. And uh, therefore, they will come to be on your team, maybe. They will help work with you. They'll be your eyes to see the problems in the restaurant. And then when, when you've got everybody working on solving the problems of the business, then the business problems stay solved. So that's one. Uh, um, another is uh, the idea of being teachable. Uh, if you come in thinking you know everything, uh, you're probably going to end up being passed right back out of the business. Uh, you have to be teachable and flexible in your understanding of the business. And most businesses have, if they're established businesses, they're successful for a reason. There's a, a way of doing things that works. It works for them. So you need to learn that. You need to do it that way. And then um, I think another big one is uh, positivity, bringing positivity or, or, or positive energy to a shift and not bringing negative energy into the restaurant. And a lot of people have problem with that. Managers have problem with that. And they have a problem stopping it when it get, it'll, it'll get under, out of control for them when they, uh, when they don't take care of it. Yeah, I think a lot of us don't really give enough uh, emphasis on you know, the simple things of the words we speak, the energy that's carried in those words that then is in the energy, the ether of the environment that we're in. Every little thing impacts that feeling. And, you know, you often hear that term of, hey, I, I walked into a room and it felt heavy or the environment felt, um, had an energy to it. And there's real 
truth to that. And so I, I know I, as I listened to you, I've walked into certain restaurants or certain environments where I'm going to get service and you can feel when there's that negative tension or that positivity, um, you can just sense it. And so I think you're, you've obviously lived it and, and felt it both ways and uh, saw the impact, but it's a great point. When, when you look at the um, principles that you've gathered along the way, we've certainly heard a few, a few of these, the be teachable and the positivity. Um, is there any other key principles that you want to amplify? Well, I think um, the newest one, and this is just in the last six months, is that <clears throat> Uh, managers need to have a self-improvement mentality. Um, and if they don't have it now, they need to develop it. Um, the idea that you're just, you know, born good enough is, is a fallacy. That's a, none of us are born good enough for everything. <laughs> and so <laughs> we have to learn. We all have weak spots. And so we have to, you know, want to firm up those weak spots. We may have things where we're kind of over the top on some things and we need to bring it down a notch. And so all those things fall into that category. And if we aren't in a self-improvement mode as managers, we're not going to grow as managers. And if we can't grow and adapt and become better at our job, we're going to, I think, find ourselves either working for companies that don't care and they're not going to really take care of us. And um, we're probably not going to like working for those companies or we're going to uh, make that change and we can be part of some majorly great companies. So that's, that, that's so important. The idea of um, the servant leadership, uh, something I've always always thought, it's a term I've also just come across recently as an actual solidified term, but I've always felt like the, the manager is the, the one who serves those he leads. And I've had to help several managers understand that your job is not just to stand around and look pretty. When things get crazy, you serve them. You go help them out. If they're asking you for help, it means they've exhausted all of the uh, co-worker help uh, chances. Now they need help from somebody who's standing around doing nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't try to ask them, did you ask this person? Did you ask that person? Just do it. You know, help them. Be there for them. And uh, so I think that that mentality is, is so important. And then uh, finally, I would say that consistency is probably one of the great foundation stones of this in business. If you do it on a consistent basis, 
And, you know, I don't know anything about uh, Chick-fil-A, but without knowing anything like personal or anything about them, I know that Chick-fil-A follows these principles and they know how to teach these principles to their people. Because, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, Chick-fil-A stands out as one of, the, if not the most successful restaurant concepts out there. And they consistently outstrip in sales everybody around them. Whether it's a full serve uh, dining room or fast food or uh, your casual. I don't have to know anything about them to know that they are following these principles and the reason they're so successful is that because they are consistent. Day after day, you're going to get the same experience at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So really, that is one of the proofs that this works. Yeah. Consistency. If you do what Chick-fil-A does, you'd be successful like that. Yeah. Yeah, consistency is such a interesting term because you, on a day-to-day, on a minute-by-minute, on a situation-by-situation, it's so easy to be inconsistent. And to really focus in on that is, it's fun when you kind of get into the sweet spot of that and you have your rhythm to it and you get comfortable in that. But I've, I've seen a lot. Uh, as well, where the inconsistency is more the mode and it, the damage that it can ripple through. As we kind of progress to the end of the episode, I always have two questions that I ask people. So we're, we're going to go into the two question time now with you. One is um, the one thing people can take away to either personal life, business life. Uh, what's one key message or one key concept that you want to make sure people take with them? I think I'll go with, uh, we need to be here to help people. If you help people be good at their job, if you can, if you have something, some understanding that they don't have, and you can impart that to them and they can benefit from it, You've done something. And as a manager, you need to be taught, maybe. You have to learn things first. And and if you've become a manager, hopefully you've learned a few things about how to run a business. And so passing that on to the younger people or the less experienced people, that just does magic as far as uh, really improving people's lives. And I think it, whether it's business or personal life, uh, those principles that uh, if you could teach them these and really broaden that, that view for them, the big picture, um, that's really important. It's a good one. I love the servant leadership mindset and really being there to help others. It's, such a a valuable tool and we getting your eyes off yourself and really being there for the others 
it, it breeds such security and trust over time that you really can lever up the productivity and the, the whole, as you said, positivity down through the enterprise. So that's a great one. Well, that, the last one is the cauliflower moment <clears throat> where you've questioned a belief and uh, in our pre-show discussion, I think we wound up on uh, highlighting one that was really interesting. So I'm going to let you kind of talk about that. Okay. <clears throat> the, uh, the idea that when I was very young, from the time I was 12, I had kind of already decided I didn't know anything. So I needed to learn everything. Uh, kind of a blank slate type of thing. So because I believed that, I, I think I went through a lot of things without prejudices. Uh, I, I didn't, I had no preconceived conceptions about things. So I simply learned them as they came in. And by doing that, I was able to kind of sort myself. This is good. This is bad. Stay away from these people, you know, associate with these people. Uh, and being around you know, people who are like you, um, if, if they model your own beliefs, uh, that's a good thing. So over the years, I, I have now established some beliefs beliefs on, on things that uh, I feel are very solid principles. So I guess in that way, I've, I've changed. I don't think I know nothing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's neat because you went out with an intentionality of saying, okay, <clears throat> I need to go purposely start to gather wisdom and insight and build the belief set. So yeah. You this real this realization where you said, "Wow, I don't think I know anything," and then you've gone and intentionally built beliefs. It's allowed you to create a belief structure that wasn't done unknowingly to you, like a lot of us <clears throat> are battling with in today's world. And even to that point, now it's almost getting so hard to form a belief at all because every thing that's going on in our world you know, you can see 10 articles about one view and you see 10 articles about another and 10 articles about another and you quickly can be very perplexed on how do I even form a belief? So it's neat. It's really neat that you were able to do that. Yeah, I agree. The, uh, the information world we live in has, <clears throat> there's a lot of information out there. Not all of it's good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> No, and the more you realize that all sides of it are paying people to right. communicate their version of their belief of the issue, right. you realize it's really hard to figure out the quote unquote unpaid version of it. You know, what is really <clears throat> the, the yeah. real piece of information? And um, yeah, I've come to believe that most of the media out there is all fake news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got my eyes really opened a few years ago by getting routed to a book um, by, have you ever heard of a book by Edward Bernays called Propaganda? 
no, I haven't heard of it. No. Yeah, it was an amazing book. It was written back in you know 1930s kind of era, but Bernays was um, his uncle was Sigmund Freud, and Bernays wrote the manual on disinformation, how to basically program people in the public to believe anything you wanted them to believe. And so Bernays was hired by the government to promote like smoking and to promote all sorts of things and getting the whole world to believe Mm. things that they wanted to. So when I read that, I was shocked at just how deep the, the manipulation and the psychology around it is really going. So that was a moment of a big aha for me in this whole. I heard I heard a quote. If you tell a big enough lie and you say it over and over and over again, people will believe it. And it's it's uh, unfortunately it appears to be really true. And um, I think filtering through that in our businesses, in our personal lives, in all these choices that we're having to make every day. It's really becoming an amazingly complex environment to do that from, but it's really neat that if you can help other people and other managers and other enterprises to operate with some of these principles, you can at least help build some truth in the way their restaurant is operating or they're operating themselves. And I think that's, it's a great thing and we need more of it. So keep pushing and keep getting yourself out there. How can people connect with you or get in touch with you? I'll include it in the notes as well, but. For now, it will simply be uh, coach at yahoo.com. Okay, great. We'll have that in the show notes. Uh, for All people. right. <laughs> Well, perfect. Well, I appreciate your time today and it's great getting to know you and uh, thanks for your time. Likewise. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this with me. Thank you.